0: words i Just lonely feelings. Hello
1: and welcome back to Consensus Podcast. And this is episode six of our Back to Basics series. Woo. Thank you to all those who follow and listen to us and hi to all our new listeners. If you want to get engaged and If you want to engage in the discussion, please use the hashtag ConsensusPodcast and ConsensusPodcastB2B. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram and our handle is at the underscore Consensus underscore. You can find us on all the major streaming sites. So that's Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Acast. And we will always drop the links on our Twitter page. So do look out for that as well and I will just introduce everyone my name's Coyan I'm your host today and I'm a conservative supporter and I am joined with
0: hi everyone I'm Mel and I'm a Liberal Democrat I'm Jen and
2: I'm a Labour member the way you said I'm a Liberal Democrat that's I'm
3: <laughs> and I'm Shaka and I'm a Green Party
1: member hi guys um so today we are going to be discussing the economy the budget and taxation and that is not our strong point guys <laughs> so <laughs> we <at> are <laughs> so we are joined by a wonderful guest today Yay. we have felicia with us Woo. Woo. Hi. um do you just want to introduce yourself and tell everyone and our listeners what it is you do
4: yeah, so I'm Felicia Felicia Dampton. I'm currently working as a government economist, okay. um, working on recycling policy at the moment. Jeez. So that's really interesting. Um, and I also am the founder of the Black Economist Network. Mm. So you can follow us, engage with our tweets um, at um, the Black Econ underscore. Mm. Um, you can sign up to the mailing list from there, and yeah, just look forward to things coming out. Give them your nice. uh, your own handle as oh, well. Oh yeah, my own. Oh yeah, of course. Um, it's <laughs> Felicia with three A's at the end underscore O. Wow. So, so that's that me on Twitter. s s c Oh, F E L I C I A A A underscore O. Oh, nice ring. To yeah, that. and that's on like, Instagram, <laughs> Twitter. You know everything. Okay.
1: Ooh. So as I was saying, guys, we're going to be focusing on the economy, taxation, and the budget. Um. We have an upcoming budget, so we just thought it'll be good to discuss briefly our points on that. And the economy is something that not only ourselves are, it's not our strongest point, it's a lot of other people's, um, not really their strong point. So that's why we have Felicia here. We just want to discuss a few points um, just to kind of get you guys back to the basics. So, uh, Felicia, do you want to just kind of tell us a bit about the UK's economy and, you know, what is GDP and How do we understand the UK's economy?
4: So I guess the main way of understanding the UK's economy, which you'll probably hear on the news and like articles and stuff is... um, through GDP, as you mentioned, mm. and that stands for gross domestic product. It's our main way of measuring economic output or income. And it's basically the sum of all goods and services we produce in the country. So that can be broken down into household spending, investments um, via business, government spending, and net exports. Mm. So it's yeah, it's useful like as a measure for the health of the economy mm. to give us an indication of what's going on. So in terms of like spending, which gives us a sense of demand. Um, employment um, investment prices Mm. exchange rates like just an overall average Um, and then it's used as a proxy for living standards mainly because Mm -hmm. it's easy to calculate it just gives you a number Mm. you can calculate the growth rate the decline so when GDP gdp is up that means the economy is growing Mm. and when it's down it means like it's slowing down and if it's down for two consecutive quarters that's a recession so Mm. you might have heard like a few months ago there was a recession scare where like everyone's like oh my god gdp's down are we entering a recession but you know we didn't so you know
2: so what's, right. a, what's in gdp terms what's the quarter is that a year is that two years is that four years is that months what is it? oh literally like a quarter like three months oh oh wow so if it's so if it's six months that means and it's down that means um it's gonna um That's that official, means it's a recession, recession. yeah
3: Oh wow! Okay,
2: interesting. I didn't
3: know that. And can I ask? So I can I just actually before I ask this question, I found that a very um interesting statistic. I don't know where or the you know the exact, but actually. Um, and as someone from the Green Party, obviously interested in the environment, mm. GDP is inversely re- related to environmental damage. So the higher the GDP is, um, that's a really good indicator in terms of how much economic damage um how much environmental damage is taking place um, mm. in the world. But that's just a, a little side note, um, yeah. a little fact that I found out this week. I didn't know that before. Um but I wanted to ask about GDP in terms of obviously measuring well-being or even equality, because um, it seems to be a very good economic measure, but doesn't seem to include or um, have anything to say about um, you know our, our happiness or you know the wellness in our lives mm. and and mm. those kinds of things.
4: Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's more so of like a crude measure of mm. like the general picture, and then. They do break it down sometimes into GDP per capita. But as we know, inequality within countries is rising, especially here. So it's not very, it's not a great way to measure like individual Mm. well-being and stuff. Mm. So there are different um, indicators of like welfare and well-being. For example, the the hdi which is the human development index that mm. takes into account a range of different things it's usually used in the development context but i do think there are value there is value like using it in developing well wo- um, developed worlds as well mm. because it takes into account education health um how, how you're feeling all of these kind of things that i think that we should measure mm. especially mm. to get a sense of how we're doing in the economy and whether the economy is best serving the people it's meant yeah. to serve. Do you think so.
0: it, Oh, sorry, going to say, do you think it's a bit of a bad habit that we've got into? Because I suppose for a while, particularly like well, this is me going into history again. But um, when the UK first started to industrialize, say in the 18th century, and economic wealth like skyrocketed, that did bring a lot of people's like improved a lot of people's living standards. Because I suppose as we um, industrialised we created more products mm-hmm. that would improve our lives but then at some point obviously it's going to plateau isn't it that you can only money uh, as that a country brings in as a whole can only so much improve people's lives before like you said like regional inequality mm-hmm. and that stuff starts to develop yeah. and like how yeah. in other countries raising the GDP has lifted a lot of people out of poverty but after a while it stops being a relevant measure
3: in a way mm-hmm. for happiness is that because there's a, there's a, there's a statistic somewhere about like general happiness like once you've earned like 20 is it 23 grand or something like that a year mm. or something there's like a, a ceiling upon which like generally after that doesn't matter how much more money you earn it has no influence on your happiness so essentially once certain things are taken care of generally that's what our, ha- our happiness is linked to and then more money after that um doesn't have any uh, effect on our happiness which mm. which shows again that gdp is a essentially just talks about how much more we can get and that's not necessarily an indicator of of how happy we are
4: yeah because essentially if if you're getting more gdp but you have no sense of how that gdp is distributed yeah um it could be it's concentrated within like 10 percent and then the rest of the 90 percent we're living like on crumbs and we have no access to the gains from economic growth and gdp and etc so it is just uh, just a general, like, what's the overall picture? Um, And then you can delve deeper into that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that it's just one sense. measure that mm. w- we use. I do think it is, like, overblown. Yeah. Like, we do use, as an economist, from a, an economist's perspective, I do think we should take into account other measures yeah. of economic well-being. I think the ONS has, like, a life satisfaction statistic as well. So you can check that out, see what's going on there. But, yeah, like, there are a few other measures nice. for this as well.
1: that's interesting so I mean obviously one of the government's role in terms of in terms of um being in government is to kind of manage the economy and create a prosperous and productive one so what really is the role of government in doing so and how do they go about doing this
0: um so I'll, I'll take that one. Um, so I guess it depends on what kind of government system yeah. is in place. Of course. The two leading sort of ideologies that are manifested in governments are capitalism and socialism. So in the UK, we have a capitalist economy, mm. pretty much, um, which means limited state intervention. So um, the government has um, less of a role in determining how money in the economy is formed, yeah. Um so this isn't my best my best stab at it. But um in a capitalist economy, it's left to kind of the market. Now that's like some sort of blob uh, comprised of um, it, um businesses, organizations that generate wealth, they're kind of left to their own devices, more or less, to create jobs, um, to or you know, hoard money to do as they please, more or less. In a socialist uh economy, the government has far more uh plays a far plays a far larger role. Mm. Um and is more involved in how the apparatus of the economy is harnessed to deliver particular objectives for instance so in the uk um water is a commodity that is owned by different companies which sell the water they manage the pipes they manage um how the wa- how how water is is given as delivered into people's homes mm. and businesses in a socialist economy the government would own it and they would be responsible for making sure that there's water in the taps etc yeah. so say a water pipe burst um it would be the company's job to fix it repair it or not um and in a socialist economy um it would be the government's job to do the same
3: or can i throw something out there yeah you have democratic socialism it's not necessarily owned by the government but it's owned by the People. Yeah, so
0: cooperatives Cooperative, and things yeah. like
3: that. So you see you see them in the
0: con- in the country as well. We have like a mixed market economy I would yeah. actually say in the UK. Yeah. Um we do sometimes flirt with one side more than the other because mm. that's the nature of when you elect a government, yeah. the party mm. will have an economic mm. direction it wants to take the country in. Um so for instance, if you've heard of like um the Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher, she Instituted a kind of what was known as what's became what's become known as Thatcherism, which is um, a more liberal form of capitalism, wherein companies have um, greater say over their affairs. Whereas in the, I want to say in the 60s, I think this was like with the Harold Wilson's government, but I can't quite remember. There was a lot of economic issues happening at the time um, with strikes and um, problems with like the coal miners not Mm. going to work, so we had three day weeks. Um, But the idea would have been for there to be far more intervention on the part of um, the government in how uh, businesses run their affairs. Mm, So the role of the government is to set out the direction of how, um, so to set taxes, um, which include, as well as... um, mechanisms like incentives and disincentives in terms of tax breaks or grants that kind of funding yeah. into how um yeah the, yeah the country will yeah operate thank you mel Ooh. um i do have a question
1: because um so usually in the uk like one of the biggest economic issues is you know reducing the deficit which we have seen since mainly like the financial crisis um and usually in um manifestos that is one of the key pledges is basically um how do we reduce the deficit and kind of spending towards that um do you think that that's something that is um that we just focus too much on when it comes to you know um governments um, when it comes to political parties and their manifestos that they put a lot of emphasis on you know reducing the deficit is it something that we actually need to do to you know maybe reach a surplus or can we stay in that deficit kind of zone
3: I, i think that um the whole conversation around deficit was initiated by a government that wanted to justify an austerity program um, and mm. used the deficit as a means for saying, oh, we got to balance our books. Up until that point, um, governments, I don't think, I think there was like a period of, like like a really minimal period in the last 100 years where any government has been running with a surplus. We've always run yeah, with a I deficit. Know. Yeah. 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 Um, but...
1: Uh, I mean I would say it was kind of from the financial crisis that era and I think also the deficit is it more correct me if I'm wrong it's more so to do with the fact that governments were overspending and um, in order to you know balance the books they had to borrow a lot more money to kind of get back to that point.
3: Yeah, yeah but if you was, look but the, in terms of the percentage so you 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 it's a percentage of your gdp in terms of like how much money's coming in how much are you spending and then the deficit is the gap between that yeah. so like you said you would predominantly be in a state of borrowing Boring. a government yeah. Yeah. yeah um but like i said that's been that's like a, there's not not really any government I, as far as i can mm-hmm. like in terms right. of what i know the last 100 years that has ever been running a surplus yeah. and that's never been the goal of a government is to run a surplus and it was only after austerity that suddenly everyone started talking about deficits because it was a justification for a political choice to um, deliver austerity after like you said a financial crash what could have happened um look at me like crash. I'm an economic expert the, the financial uh, expert crash happened before austerity measures yes came it in did to... but what so what you could have done After the financial crash what you could have done is allowed borrowing more freely and then and help the economy basically jumpstart itself what was then happened was that the money was taken out of the economy it was and then this um, then actually increased the deficit because actually what happened is no one had any money no one was spending any money.
0: Yeah, I think that was the approach they took in America. I think Barack, if I might be wrong, but I think Barack Obama had more of a stimulus. Yes. Um, yeah. in An attempt to stimulus that stimulate mm. the economy. Um, but America obviously is like a different, has an entirely different economic system yeah. mm. to us and a lot more sort of resources to play with, I reckon. Um, but I do remember that it was, I think, quite a lot of, quite, oh, I not actually remember about what the Lib Dems position was. But I do remember that I think both the Tories and Labour manifestos were austerity focused but they would have obviously like applied austerity in different ways yeah but I think the what I recall was that the the chat at the time was they needed to restrict yes. government spending mm. um mm. and because people were so concerned going harder was the more um
3: yeah yeah was and they increased, the increased vat was increased afterwards mm. um so there was a ways of like recouping money back in other ways mm.
4: um I think it's important to note that um the deficit massively increased post the financial crisis yeah and that's where I think the whole austerity thing Mm. um came from because it was around like maybe like one and a half two percent before and then when you look at like stats Mm. and then you look directly after the financial crash it just went down to like 10 percent of and then that's from there it's gradually like closed Mm, but I think that's where a lot of um the focus for austerity came in so it wasn't um that people well that government just started spending because it was spending yeah at the time I think it was the context the economic context is in yeah. like the financial crash just finished everything, everything. <laughs> like finished <laughs> like finished yeah so okay. it was yeah so I think so that's what obviously there's political context to it yeah yeah as always, always as always but um in richest, terms of like no, because
3: it's because the <laughs> richest in society were able to crash the economy and essentially never paid the price for it, mm. and ordinary people paid the price for a crash that it never ever caused. And then this was politicized and insinuated that actually what caused the crash was a political party spending more than we had, mm. when actually it was the bank. a banking class mm. who had all the money in the first place who squandered it. Mm. Can I say pissed it up the wall? Can I say that? Yeah. So you you <laughs> said, girl. <laughs> <laughs> <I> said it already, said it. And then we all paid the price for it. Mm. Mm. I think it's very political. Yeah. It cannot not be political. That kind of l- nicely leads on
1: to, you know, a discussion about like taxation, <laughs> you know, <laughs> something but ugh, such a, you know, whatever. We have to discuss this. Um, so taxation basically is contra- compulsory contributions to, to the government um, in the country that you live in And it's basically levied by the government to pay for things in society Um, We are going to kind of, our main focus on this kind of discussion will be on income tax But we will probably go into um, some detail about some of the other taxes as well Um, When we talk about income tax, funnily enough, it was originally introduced in 1799 And originally it was literally just a temporary measure To cover the costs of wars at that time Um, And then income tax was repealed in 1816 And then it was reintroduced again in 1842 And that was again to deal with the massive public deficit And ever since then it's literally been a permanent feature of our British
2: life When it was reintroduced do you know who Uh, reintroduced it? Sir Robert Peel, I
1: think Robert Peel What? Huh? Conservative. I think he was conservative. A conservative. yeah, yeah. Okay. he's a conservative, but I think it was him if I'm not mistaken. okay. I'm pretty sure it was him. okay, I hope so. um <laughs> yeah, so basically income tax is a tax on earnings and it, that's not just your employment. So that can be things from you know self-employment, most pension income um that includes state and personal pensions some social security benefits interest on most savings um incomes from shares so dividends rental income and if you have a trust um income from a trust then um so usually your tax year starts from correct me if i'm wrong 6th of april and then to the following year the 5th of april so in april on april the 5th this year is when we'll have a new a new like tax year yeah um So I think it would just be um, good to kind of discuss with income taxes, specifically when it comes to employment, what the different rates are um, in this country and then have a bit of a discussion on if we agree with that and um, what our thoughts are on income tax.
4: Uh Yeah, so I guess like uh, Colleen was saying, income tax is a compulsory tax we pay on our earnings. It's a form form of um, a direct... Tax, as opposed to an indirect tax like VAT, mm. value-added tax, etc., and is the sing- the biggest single source of revenue for the UK government. Yeah. So, it's also a progressive tax, meaning that it increases as income increases. So, currently we have three tax rates in different bands. Mm. So, we have twenty percent, forty percent, and forty five. So, up to if you earn up to twelve thousand five hundred, that's tax free. That means you pay zero income tax, and then anything above um, twelve thousand five hundred and one to fifty thousand, um, you pay twenty percent on that extra bit, and then above fifty thousand and one pounds you pay forty percent mm-hmm. up until one hundred and fifty thousand and then from hundred and fifty thousand and one pounds you pay forty five mm-hmm. percent in tax. Yeah so, so
1: okay. I just want to say guys quickly so if you know you are fresh from uni or whatever you got your first job honestly the best time to save will be that point of up to where you make that twelve thousand five hundred because after that you're getting taxed. Mm-hmm. So that that those paychecks that you're getting before then, that is the best time to save. But you know, in
2: essence, but you know, some people work at the age of sixteen. Income tax still applies to them if they earn over twelve thousand five hundred, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I just wanted to. I just I just wanted to ask. Why? <laughs> <laughs> What's your point? Wait. I had no in point. Oh, I was oh, going oh to okay. ask. Yeah, because you were talking about savings so Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Kind of like include them as well. Although some people believe That you shouldn't be taxed If you you don't uh, vote, if you vote. You don't vote. No agree. taxation
3: without representation I agree I thought that's the point You were making Same I was just a <laughs> way Of oh, making that point Do you know why
2: Because oh, yeah. she was saying that when, If you finish uni So I was just thinking Wait oh. Doesn't that apply to people That are yeah. 16 mm-hmm. as well But yeah But I agree No taxation without representation Cheeks. <laughs> I like that slogan Yeah Anyways um.
1: So yeah, you were saying that you know income tax is the biggest. What do you say is the largest source um, of income for? Yeah, yeah that's interesting because mm. I was um looking at something from HM Revenue, uh, HM Treasury, and it was um kind of forecasting how much um the government's expected to make um from income tax. So um it says that for the following year, um. They're going to get 193 billion from income tax compared to 155 billion the previous year. So that would be 2018 to 2019. Um, Does that sound like a lot of money? Because to me, that doesn't really sound like a lot, especially if that's your largest source of income.
0: Yeah, no, it sounds like a small sum to me. For all the mm. when you see like the 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 sums spent on the programs that the that the country runs, yeah, um, it doesn't sound like a lot. Which is why makes, you see how so much borrowing
3: makes makes sense, yeah, in that
0: kind of way.
3: Yeah, and but, also, I mean, even when you were outlining the tax tax brackets, I mean, that's really like not a lot of money is being mm. taken from tax, considering that I think what was it in the ni- maybe it's the nineteen seventies. The highest tax bracket was seventy percent. I think it used to be yeah. 90 I think it used to be 90% in but the early in the early um in that the early part, yeah. part of it. but then people don't pay on over a certain amount yeah. so it was still progressive so like but that, the highest rate of tax but that have been. turns
0: off a lot of people yeah. from which is why put tax income tax brackets are so political is because yeah. some people believe or there are arguments that um, there's like a kind of a a perfect amount of tax to charge to affect mm. charge people it's called I think the
3: Laffer the curve, Laffer curve yeah. The Laffer curve,
0: and so it's kind of disputed on like whether or not it's um like accurate or if it's just kind of become like a I don't know how you'd call it not quite like an urban legend but something that you just sort of agree yeah. with for the sake of agreeing with it but the idea is that there's a point you get to um where you get where you charge people on their incomes income tax and when it gets beyond a certain if you charge people too much you don't get that much you don't get the, it, it, the curve goes down yes. basically yeah, so the yeah. revenue mm.
4: collected from income tax will go yeah. down so yeah.
0: that's a theory that's a theory, a theory. that's a theory yeah um, it really does depend on a lot of factors yeah. but oh sorry yeah no, I was just going to say like in France for instance they have um, so the continent the European Union generally tends to ch- um, charge higher taxes than we do in the UK we're quite yeah. we're quite low tax f- um, for the for the economy for like the developed economy that we're in. Um but I think France has lost something like sixty thousand millionaires really? in the last forty in the last 40 years or like some X amount of time because they charge such a high level of income tax on their highest earners that the the millionaires have removed themselves and gone somewhere else. Normally to us or the US So yeah you've got to be cynical I think when it comes to setting tax bracket but not too cynical. Mm. I don't know. Mm. Okay so then so then that kind of leads me to
1: ask like so what do you think about income tax and like the current um system that we have in the country do you think that it should be a um, one level for everyone so everyone pays for yeah. example 40% or do we like this progressive tax where there are <coughs> stages to um the different levels of income that you you generate
2: personally i like mm. the the different stages yeah. depending so, on people's income. Yeah. Um just because imagine a working class person who's earning like what 25k mm. getting pet pay- and paying um 40% 40% yeah. from, you know, 12 12,501 yeah. up until so, the 25k yeah. like that's a lot of money yeah. and how they're going to live, you know. The cost of living is increasing
3: and yeah, I like the staggered stages. Yeah, so yeah. I agree. I think progressive taxes, yeah. tax is a must. Um, but I would also like to see more tax on wealth because I think, you know, we often talk, we talk a lot about income actually. You know, there's a whole uh, host of people that don't actually make uh, their money from income; they make their money from wealth. Yeah. Um, and I think we need to look at more taxation around that, like a land value tax, even around Just, land, yeah. etc. That was mm. what I
1: was going to ask, on that. Do we think that income tax is the most, like, is that something that is the best way to create a prosperous economy? Like, is there something better, for example, like you said, land hacks? Yeah. Um,
2: well, I think that in terms of tax avoidance, we need to be mm. trying to get back trying to make you know we have tax evasion which is um illegal but tax avoidance mm. isn't which allows wealthy people to find loopholes in the tax system it's like bribery yeah so i feel like that should all that should all of that stuff mm. the loopholes should be closed and we can generate revenue. i feel like we could generate revenue from that what do you think do you think we could or we wouldn't in terms
4: of close to? yeah there's lots of different options mm-hmm. to raise money that go beyond taxing the individual such as like cancel tax or income tax mm-hmm. um so like you mentioned land value tax that's a good like tax on wealth yeah. um that could an option that could be explored but at the end of the day it depends on the government of the yeah. day yeah. Um, and the political will to do so yes. Yes. um so yeah, yeah there's there's definitely other sources of income that any government could explore um it's just what do the people want what does the government want mm-hmm. and then that's effectively yeah. becomes policy yeah. Yeah. so
1: also on your payslip you might see something um being deducted called ni tax so what really is so just so our listeners fully understand what it is exactly what is national insurance
3: oh so contributions I'm sorry Bouncy national... on your head <laughs> <laughs> no, Sorry. yeah
4: so it's another form of like compulsory tax um however it's Different because the money that you get, um, you contribute towards it gets put specifically into a fund, so mm. which funds part of the welfare state. So this mainly covers state pension and benefits um, and covers social security funding like sick pay, maternity leave, unemployment benefits you name it, all of those things. Um, so that's essentially what it is. And unlike income tax, you pay if you're above 16 um, and and an employee earning over £166 a week, or you're self-employed and making a profit of 6365 or more a year.
1: Hmm. Um, okay. Just to add that the government, uh, the Treasury um, says that its national insurance is expected to bring the government £142 billion um, as revenue for them. Okay, yeah. so yeah. Um yeah so that's a kind of a good discussion on you know the different forms of tax um is there anything else anyone wants to add oh sorry I did want (laughs) to (laughs) say my bad (laughs) um so the different kind of things that you know tax is used for. so there are things such as you know education defense health um housing employment you know the environment social protection transport there's a wide range of things that government use taxation for and i think correct me if i'm wrong one of the biggest is probably going to be you know health and social Mm. protection um the government um said that in their in the manifesto that they were going to add i think it was a 11 billion more for health and um social care and then um i think um we will discuss this a bit later in the budget um, but I think we'll see a lot more um being spent on infrastructure you know with the north of England and the Midlands so um I think that's where a lot of money is gonna be kind of pushed towards so making it less london-centric and more so you know the north of England and mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah Midlands is
3: there actually as a question is there a place where you can look at like a pie chart of mm-hmm. where, yeah, what the government spends.
1: Yeah, it's on like government
2: website. Even
1: do they to not be honest.
3: And, uh, I'm sure they send you like a letter.
1: A oh, letter do they?
2: That, well, was- your.
1: Yeah, it's on the government website as well, and it's easily accessible. And they actually do a breakdown of the percentage that each area um gets. Um, I'm not sure when the next up to date one will be because
2: obviously, um- is that based on um your ta- but this taxes is- from. What the taxes that we pay Yes is, Yeah you like. Yeah. like well, annually They send you a um letter To tell you Okay oh, this is yeah. how much at The end of the you, tax
1: year Yeah I think this
2: we, is how yeah. much um you've you have paid yeah. And then this is what Where your money has gone to Or this is where yeah. The money has gone to Do you guys So yes yeah, your use? tax it's, your, it's the end of tax year You get that big statement Yeah money. do you not get that
0: Probably I just don't Probably just, really don't I, just it. I just look at I just <laughs> see how much I've paid and, I see how much I earned email. And I get sad I see how much I pay in tax And I
3: get sad Oh gosh I just don't even look I love paying tax But
0: sometimes it's I love paying
3: tax but I my look at
0: it anymore.
3: <laughs> so um, so f- thank you, Felicia, just sent, uh, giving me like a, a nice little pie chart in mm. terms of... Um, you this asked was, for like, a
0: this- pie chart and you got a pie chart. <laughs> I
3: got a pie chart. <laughs> 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 Master yeah, manifesto. <laughs> I love it. Um, but what is interesting, so I'm looking at all the things on this pie chart um, and I'm not seeing defence here Oh it is Oh it definitely will be there, it, there It's there oh, okay It's a very small Like part That's really I expected to see much more Sorry <laughs> Cut that please <laughs>
1: okay. That was a null point um, So as I was saying earlier We are going to have a budget soon And that will be on the 11th of March Is that confirmed? 11th yeah it's of confirmed, March.
2: confirmed Are you sure they're not going to try and change the date? Don't be
1: shady <laughs> The only reason that the last one didn't happen in 2019 was because of Brexit. So that was why they pushed it back to now it's happening. Definitely 11th of March, you know. So basically every year the Chancellor of the Exchequer makes a budget statement to the House of Commons outlining the state of the economy and the government's proposals for how to better the economy. So what will happen is that the chancellor will give his statement. It's usually around like 45 minutes, 1 hour if that. And then the leader of the opposition will um have the chance to give his own reply and it's Isn't funny it that it's the leader sh- of the opposition and not the shadow chancellor.
2: Mm. Yeah, it's the leader of.
3: The Do
1: you know opposition.
2: what I never actually noticed that? I just assumed it would be John yeah. McDonnell.
1: Well, just watch on it. Wednesday the 11th of March, yeah. And yeah. Okay. Um, and then after that, you know, you have like four days of debate and then it goes through all the necessary so, yeah, um stages. stages yeah. Um so firstly, what I do wanna ask you guys is what so basically we have a new Chancellor. Um Sajid David is no longer the Chancellor. We now have a new one because there was a cabinet reshuffle um recently. So what are our thoughts on the fact that we have a new chancellor? And Javid is never gonna has never given a budget. So he did all this work <laughs> just to hand it to someone else who's gonna take all the credit.
2: But did he really do the work or wasn't that not the his department, the civil servants?
1: I mean, it's our collective uh-huh. it's
0: a, mm. So the new Chancellor is part of that team.
1: Yeah. Um uh, Rishi Sunak, sorry, just yeah. to kind of say his names in case no one knew who he was.
0: Well, how, how long was Sajid Chancellor for? About 240 days or something like that? Not even <laughs> oh, wow. quite. Oh, I read that. Don't worry, I didn't rain man it. <laughs> so um, yeah. he was a short short lived, Chancellor, short-lived short Chancellor yeah. with the mandate to deliver, you know, what then the Conservative manifesto, all this infrastructure and mm. all this. But I think there were, what, rumours of a rift at sort of the heart of number 10 and 11 number 10 and 11 being like so number 10's the prime minister's office and number 11 is like colloquially colloquially referred to as like where the chancellor and stuff is for those of you who weren't aware
1: yeah so there was like um, Mel said there was that rift because basically what they wanted to do is create a joint special advisor unit from number 10 to 11 um but Sajid wasn't really having that because he didn't want to fire his special
2: advisors
0: and I think that's Um, who lost their jobs anyway yeah
2: but um, I rate I rate Yeah, 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 of course, definitely. You don't really um, sack people. You, don't, for you know, sure. we're talking yeah. about employment. And you, yeah. you want more people in employment, but you want to sack yeah. people because you, yeah. or you, you know, and not come to a, think, a sort of yeah. compromise with him. I think
1: Boris is trying to create that relationship that David Cameron and George Osborne kind of had that kind of special relationship. But um, oh, it's not he's not him. really, you know, he kind of just allowed his special advisor to kind of overtake politics <laughs> and um yeah. influence that um decision making. But it's just an interesting point So I just want to see what you guys' view was that.
0: Well, I think to jump in again, like there's always been there's there's always been like a kind of a healthy tension, so to speak, between prime ministers and their chancellors. The mm-hmm. prime ministers are the ones sitting there with these um their grand plans and designs and how they're going to remake the country and the Chancellor's the ones sitting there looking at all the numbers, either saying yay or nay to what'll what'll go forward. So some have argued that maybe the Prime Minister's office were looking for a Chancellor who would be more... um,
3: Malleable? Yes. Yeah,
0: of course. And deliver that, what the... What the Prime Minister wants, no, no matter what. Dominic, comments wants, what. Dominic Cummings wants. What Dominic Cummings wants. Others, though, have said that actually it was a complete mistake and that he didn't actually mean to get rid of Sajid. He misses it and he wishes that he would just come back. Cause-
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, grow some balls and apologise. <laughs> apologise um, and chuck
0: the news. But new that's on. the chat
1: at Westminster anyway. Yeah. I mean, um, he really knows what yeah. he thinks because he's not really, you know, in charge of such decisions, is he? but okay so like I said there is a budget um so what are the things that we can expect so the budget is going to be important because it's got to um you know it's appealed to a number of audiences like I said before it's got to appeal to those people who voted for Boris in the Midlands north of England who kind of gave him that boost in his majority um and also um In November, we've got the climate change conference, the United Nations Climate Change Conference, COP26. COP26, Yeah, and we are leading that as well. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what our financial spending will be with regards, you know, meeting that net zero 2050. So what kind of things do you expect to see from the budget? Or what would you also like to see from the budget? First, I'll go to our economist. Oh, wow. What should we expect to see?
4: Wow. As a civil servant, I'll say what they said in the manifesto. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. Just splurge so, it out; so that'll just, be good. Yeah, just um, I guess what we can expect. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about low, slowing productivity. So, um, things like investments, big investments, especially yeah. since interest rates are low at the moment. So, things that are trying to boost the productivity of the economy, um, we can keep our eyes out for that. Um, and yeah, essentially what they've committed to in the manifesto is what we should expect to see um yeah
1: do you know what kind of things they've committed to I should be asking you that (laughs) (laughs) why can't I ask you that why didn't you read the manifesto (laughs) (laughs) and also I think it will also um I think because also we're gonna have foreign governments looking in on this budget as well to see like what spending will go with regards to trade and you know now that we've 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 left the eu as well so they're Mm -hmm. going to be kind of having an eye out on that um do you think that there'll be any changes with regards to you know income tax um well
0: i mean back in coalition the liberal democrats introduced um the (laughs) the um increases of the
1: the bandwidth the, yeah, yeah the band
0: so the the band the first twelve thousand mm. pounds has gone up by about 500 quid each year mm. in each budget so it would be lovely to see that continue so that the lowest yeah. paid um shoulder less of the burden yeah um it would be great to see something on i'd say the ultra wealthy like the 0.1 percent mm. um as opposed to the one percent which is actually quite a large mm-hmm. group of people who make money a lot of money, but I think it's the 0.1% that we should start looking at, like the, the billionaires, mm. the, the multi, triple multi millionaires. Like, he can spare mm-hmm. some quid.
1: So, Shaka, what would you like to see in the budget? um I think the I focus, could... you know, like I said, you know, November coming up and
3: the, the environment, or is there anything? Well, to... I mean, I'd definitely like to see more investment in, in the environment mm. in terms of. Um, Yeah, like in terms of renewable energy. And I I mean, to be fair, the the 2050 target is laughable. I don't think we've got until 2050 um, to go carbon neutral, but that's maybe Mm -hmm. we can do a whole other episode on that. (laughs) Um, But really, I would really like to see, um, I really would like to see more, um, budget for those who are most vulnerable. I think mm. all of us have seen an increase in homeless people um, on the streets, and yeah. I just really don't understand. It makes me so sad, sad and frustrated. And I just think, why, why have they not got a roof over their head? Why do we not, why do we not think that that's important? Why have mm. these people just been cut loose? And th- it's just so, it's such a problem. Um, and I'd really like to see, you know, some more investment in. In um, Yeah Just those who are vulnerable And mm. also that are aged Are The, the old Social um, care Absolutely I, think, yeah. I definitely Social think care. That will be absolutely. something That is going to be I agree Social um, care
1: yeah, it's But I not
3: one that gives process. One with one hand takes With the other You know Some sort of slight, But you know yeah. A proper caring system That cares for Most vulnerable And, and makes sure That there's a safety net For them I'd like yeah, to see that. I'm not expecting to see it But I would like to see it Yeah I agree with mm. that as well um, I agree with that as well And I also feel like
2: um, What I'd like to see Is them removing the um, tampon tax Um, Obviously we know mm. there's that was A knee. lot of women And girls are, um Are in period poverty mm. And mm. obviously it's been yeah. A massive thing for some years now there's mm. been debates about it, there's been um petitions about it. So that is something yeah. that I would like to see now that we have left yeah. I the think, EU. Yeah. I think that so. probably will, you know, occur now that it's no longer we're no longer bound to that EU director. Mm. Yeah. I wouldn't so, yeah. um, well, yeah. I don't know about that, but that's what's something that I'd like to see.
3: <laughs>
2: Mel? Should I ask you, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. What would you like to see? Um, what would I
1: like to see? Um, I've kind of it's basically drawing up on any everyone's point, to be honest. Um, I would like to see about housing and how we can lower the cost of living because the cost of living, personally, in my opinion, is just mm, way too high, mm. and that's why you are having issues with like homelessness, mm. for example. Um, I don't know how, how do we lower, I don't even know if this is a sensible question, but how do we lower the cost of living? Like, it's just, it's too high. And I don't just think that increasing people's salary is the answer, Um so yeah it's it's a tough one that is yeah, something that, that multifaceted exactly yeah, that is something that is. i would like to see but most probably wouldn't in that episode but we are running out of time <laughs> guys um thank you for joining us on this episode thank you felicia for joining us Hi, on you. Economy. For having thank you, me. i hope you guys have learned a lot about the economy more so and the budget and taxation um again just do follow us on our twitter page at the underscore consensus underscore and thank you for listening guys bye bye Bye.